welcome to the re-wrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, the All Blacks, they lost, in case you hadn't heard. Uh, the interest rate uh, also lost last week, and Mike's been reflecting on that. He's also been reflecting on how many guns the government's managed to buy back, and uh, a spate of car bans around the world. Before any of that, the Warriors did not lose. Murray's over from dummy half. Has Tavanga got there? The Warriors run in. Tavanga has got there. And that should seal it for the Warriors. Exactly, and that is why we are still here after 25 years. That is why we don't give up on a season. That is why the Warriors have one of the largest and most loyal fan bases in all of the NRL. The madness, of course, is you can play like they did against the Raiders and they can play like they did against Manly. The first half, if you didn't see it Friday, was as good as any half you will see from any side at any given point of any season season. You play like that, you beat Melbourne. You beat anybody. Uh, There was a patch in the second half when the game was all but over that Manly looked like they might have launched one of those comebacks that would have left us bereft and despairing and out of the season. And yet again, despite all the apologies and the criticism, the refereeing at critical points was inept. And that's putting it politely. Adam Blair was sent from the field for 10 minutes for the most dubious of interpretations. But no matter. We scored, as you heard at the end. Uh, The Manly fight back was over. Not only was it a win, it was an excellent win against one of the best sides in the competition. And that's the other good thing for the Warriors fan. Raiders aside, the quality of the football in this latter part of the season has been more than good. Harris DeVita, by the way, looks increasingly dangerous every week. And what a good problem to have between him and Nick So what we have here is all the ingredients. This is a quality side. There is size and depth and fitness. All we lack for the inexplicable reasons every now and again, is desire. And if Kearney can crack that, and let's be honest, he shouldn't have to. I mean, you pay people good money to turn up, they need to actually turn up as in every week. But if he can work out why they fluctuate, then this is the side that once and for all can put a season together that culminates in what we have all been waiting for for a quarter of a century. The good news is this side is settled for the next couple of years. Luke will leave at the end of the season most likely, but the bulk of the squad is here for the long haul. Now, if you thought about that last week, you'd be worried. But this week, it's all good. There is enough there to be genuinely optimistic. I mean, let's be honest. Making the playoffs will be better than most thought possible. Winning, that would be a miracle. But if you want evidence, if you want evidence, it was all there on Mount Smart Friday night. Just four more of those. And you know what this is? This is our year. This is our year! Yeah. If that team could just turn up every week. Can that team just turn up every week? Um, where, which All Blacks team, where, where has that gone? Where, what, what, they haven't turned up at all this year so far. Will they ever turn up? This weekend, maybe. What I was disappointed in yesterday was the, and, and I can understand why it was, but what I was disappointed in yesterday was the ridiculous amount of coverage that Barrett's red card got. Whether or not it's a red card doesn't matter. It's a red card, and we're done. Move on. Uh, because what it took away from is the fact that Australia played as good a rugby as you will see any side play ever. And it was actually a pretty high-quality game and an enjoyable game. And I'll say this for nothing. Uh, the All Blacks would have lost whether Barrett was on the field or not. They were going to get spanked. The way the All Blacks played, uh, the way the Australians played, they spanked us. They didn't just win. It wasn't like we won by one point and if it wasn't for Barrett who got sent off in the first three minutes, we were, you know, it was none of that. They killed us. They absolutely thrashed us. And they thrashed us by being brilliant. And there wasn't enough coverage of that yesterday because we're too damn obsessed with the red card. Yeah, I... Um so what, is he saying that we just need the Australians to play worse? That, that sounds like a great plan to me. If we can just get the other teams to play worse than us. Excellent. Sorted. 
Um, can we get them to play about as as well as the interest rates going at the moment, which is heading towards the negatives? It might just be the fact that the Reserve Bank cut 50 points and no one saw it coming. But suddenly, you know, we get the sort of coverage we haven't seen before around monetary policy. And I mention this because Friday night, TV1, I watched Jeff Baskand, the Deputy Reserve Bank Governor, delivering a speech to business explaining why they've done what they have. Ask yourself when you last saw Jeff Baskand on the news. And speaking to the media afterwards, he sounded like he could be working for Briscoe's or Godfrey's or Farmer's. These are great times, he said. Oh, these are great times. Wonderful time to borrow and invest and expand. Come on, New Zealand. The bargains are here. The money's cheap. Why on earth aren't you tucking into the savings? He was almost evangelical about it, I thought, almost as though he was on commission. One of the attendees summed up why I think Baskand has been sent out to sell this thing like there's no tomorrow. There might not be. Tomorrow, certainly not the sort of tomorrow that we've been enjoying for the past decade or so. Uh, The attendee was a banker, and he quite rightly pointed out the gap between the bank and its rhetoric and us. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's true, and most importantly in this equation, it is all about confidence. Do you feel that what Baskand is saying is accurate? Are you inspired by his words? Or, once it comes down to really pulling the trigger, borrowing, expanding, investing, taking risk, do you look to the other areas of the economy and go, you know what? I'll pass. The banker thought the sales pitch was good. There just aren't enough buyers, and I'm with the bank. Adrian Orr, the boss of the Reserve Bank, didn't help by saying we're in the realms of possibility that we are heading towards negative rates. Well, given we currently sit at 1%, and they normally cut at 025 a time, that's a lot of cutting still to come. So why send Jeff out with the sales pitch and never-to-be-repeated prices line when the prices will be repeated and repeated at an even better rate? The Reserve Bank is independent. So I guess it would be unfair of me to suggest that a government minister or two has made a phone call to get a few voices out there pumping up the economic prospects. But Baskan certainly sounded like a man with instruction and on a mission. After all, the bank is really there to manage the economy with the tools they have, which aren't that many. The real running of the economy, of course, is the domain of the government. And in that fact is your real issue. Confidence. Business does not have confidence in this government. And all the numbers, all the polls, all the surveys, all the actions show it right here. This Monday morning, the world has not ended, but the world is shaky and we are over the past two years not helping ourselves. The domestic economy has been squeezed through a combination of anti-business policy, tax, ideology, and it's coming back to bite us now. Baskin can sell it as hard as he likes and kudos for the effort. But if you're selling a dog, it's still a dog. He says the world hasn't ended, but the All Blacks can't win a game. I'm sorry, if I sound a bit obsessed with that. To be honest, I didn't even watch it. I've actually stopped caring about the All Blacks. Oh, that's a bad sign, isn't it? Let's stop talking about the All Blacks and talk about uh, the number of guns that they haven't managed to buy back. Uh, the guns, I was at a buyback last night, 50 people there or thereabouts. Most guns were shotguns, .22s, only a couple of AR-15s, not many guns coming back in at all. Those were the numbers I gave you. It'll pan out at the stage to be maybe 33,000 guns. Another one goes, what should New Zealand do about the guns, Mike, since you're so cynical? Ignore it. Ignore it. That's a Jacinda Ardern answer. That's what she always, whenever I raise these numbers with her, she goes, what should we do? Ignore it. No. But what you need to do, and what I've said to her over and over again, is if you're going to do something like this, and you're going to alienate a reasonably significant size of the population, you must take people with you. You must have them convinced that the overall exercise is worth it, so that at the end of it, you can say unequivocally, hand on heart, as a result of what we did, we have solved problem A. And problem A was people going mad with guns in Christchurch. That's why they did what they've done. If at the end of this, and we've got 33,000 weapons, is the government going to be able to hand on heart go, look, because of that, Christchurch will not be repeated. And they will not 
be able to say that. And if they can't say that, you can quite justifiably ask what was the point. You see, there he goes again. He's always asking what the point of things is. He wants people to be doing things for actual reasons. So annoying. Like banning cars on busy city streets. Killjoys are out over the weekend. There are banning cars on a couple of popular retail streets in Berlin, uh, which is a soft start, really, when you compare to some of the places in Europe. Blanket ban for cars in the central area of Madrid. If you've been there lately, you won't see a car for love nor money. Uh, London's got the new ultra-low emission zone. Basically, you've got to be on a bike or a lime to get into central London these days. And here's, here's, here's a bridge too far. What they're arguing for now, Kensington and Chelsea, flash part of London, council wants the government to bring in these new acoustic cameras. So basically they activate when something noisy comes down the road, like a Lamborghini, and they ping you for £1,000. So basically, unless you want to walk or ride a donkey... They want you out of the city. Oh, I think a donkey would be too loud. Yeah, I can't imagine anything that would be noisier than a donkey. Goose, maybe? Ride a goose? Um, I mean, obviously, if I tried to ride a goose, it'd be noisy. It would be very quickly noisy and then really deathly silent almost immediately afterwards. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that was the rewrap for Monday. Um... It's finished now. There'll be deathly silence until I'm back here again with another tomorrow. I suppose you might be listening to some other stuff, if that's your thing.